Hopefully I don't have a book in my hand today. I don't know why I can distract myself with. You need a teddy. I was just oh, cuddling yeah. my either Bulbasaur or the frog for those five hours of Voltaire and that re it really <laughs> held me together. <laughs> Especially oh. the three hour one. I was just like brushing the velvet of the fur back and forwards. <laughs> Oh hours. my god. <laughs> it was unusable. <laughs> Interesting guy, but but in like yeah, impossible to put into words. I guess this means that we do understand Hugo. Don't yeah. Love, don't love that. <laughs> yeah. You know when sometimes you learn something and then you're like, "Wow, I wish I didn't know that because now I feel like I'm closer to the person that I hate." <laughs> <laughs> and this is an antagonistic relationship with Victor Hugo. Yeah, exactly. It's a it's a love hate relationship where hate is the primary feature. Yeah, this is coming at the wrong time because my brain is like, oh, but speaking of, like, guess he literally comes up first page, oh. but we haven't even introduced ourselves. Uh, so. Welcome to Brandon Barricade's Lamer's podcast. Uh, my name is Nima Martin. I use they them pronouns. This last week I started playing Witcher 3 um, and I've mostly spent the 24 hours I've been playing so far playing the in-game uh, card game which is called <laughs> Gwent and I have uh, nearly come to buy the physical version of it. I miss board games quite a lot. Oh. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm just heavily addicted to an online <laughs> gambling. <laughs> On brand for us. Stevie, she, they, uh, primary researcher. Um, I really, I hope that Gwen shows up in the show because it's not in the books. Oh, really? It was, it was... A, a, a game exclusive. Interesting. Well, it's like not as... If it was in the books, it was not a thing in the same way as it is in the game. Mm. Because because I did the books and then read the fix. And the fix that were mostly, at the time when I interacted with the books, the, the show wasn't out. So the fix were mostly about the games. So there was so much stuff and <laughs> lore that I was like, what is this? <laughs> but Gwent was in every single fic written, written, written before the show fix came out. <laughs> so you can tell a fic by whether somebody has played the game or just read the books because Gwent will come up. Yeah. And also if the main pairing is Geralt and Jaskier. Oh, sorry, this has immediately become the Witcher podcast, I guess. <laughs> but I, I did the books and I was like, oh, they're just like really cute bros, but they weren't my ship. But I was like, okay, mm. I'll go check out those two figs. So it has been very like fun and amusing, and I'm so on board with that with the show ship. That like that's it that you can <laughs> find for fix now. Uh, we're all very excited for. Well, I'm excited for when you and the game get to my my best old man Regis, mm. uh, and hope that he shows up in the show. <laughs> uh, speaking of old men, just like still showing up. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> this is meant to be the like you all held on this long. It's your treat. It's your your young boys. But first, uh, mine and Nemo's old man Voltaire. <laughs> yeah, here. which I mean, uh, if you've. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
so recorded five hours and it's probably unlistenable because of microphone difficulties. So just know that we know a lot about Voltaire now. We'll probably just uh, sprinkle in facts about Voltaire. But yeah, so I don't have the strength to re-record. No. <laughs> so like Victor Hugo, we will now also be like, <laughs> like Voltaire. <laughs> And you all can also just wander and hate us. Yeah, now it's an antagonistic relationship between the listener and podcast host. So <laughs> only centered around Voltaire. No, I'm sure. Yeah. So yeah, we could, can't put it off any further. We've got to the friends of the ABC. Woo! <laughs> say, as uh, my my book let me know, I should be mm-hmm. pronouncing it. Mm-hmm. Um. I think we're just, well, we are only going to do one chapter today because Mm. it is a meaty boy and Mm. because, like, I feel like from, I remember when the fandom was big on Tumblr and from what you have told me as well, Mm. these boys are, like, kind of the main attraction, so we're going to, like, revel in making it to them. But it was, like, so fun and wild reading this chapter because... Like, I know how fandom goes. You, like, see a tiny bit of someone's personality and you make that their whole character personality. (laughs) And you're like, the the author didn't really intend that, but, like, we're going to go off. Reading this, I was like, oh, my God, they didn't even have to reach? (laughs) Like, I was, like, really taken aback by how much of the characters were text. Oh, really? That's interesting. Just from the spring... Well, I I guess I've... I flirted with reading some Lomo's fix, so I've read a sprinkling mm. of these boys, like not many. And like I remember seeing the fan art in the day. So maybe there are actually maybe things in fandom are even like more extreme. But you know, when it was like Angelas is so beautiful, I was like, Whoa, he says it. <laughs> he is. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, with those bits, yes, yes. I th- I think it is I think it's both a combination of I think it is that thing where fandom... <laughs> well, you'll see. <laughs> there is one character whose character trait is he's older than the others and he has a fan, or he, he works in a fan-making factory and everyone's like, he works in a fan-making factory! He loves fans! <laughs> but he he, do- he does! He does work in a fan-making factory. <laughs> but we, we must begin at the beginning. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, as... We will come to understand why the author is choosing to start with his description of the first boy being Angelas. Mm. Um, he says, but uh, to set our little scene. Oh, yeah, this, so the chapter titles A Group That Came Close to Becoming Historic. Mm. Um, and historic just makes me think of On Fury Road. So <laughs> <laughs> they were almost historic on Fury Road. Mm-hmm. Um, so this time period, there's like a vague sense of revolutionary excitement in the air because we're in a period of apparent passivity, explosives. Mm. Um, <laughs> royalists are becoming liberals. Liberals are becoming democrats. Um, mm. there's some very peculiar combinations of ideas in the air. People adored both Napoleon and liberty. Mm. Me, Victor Hugo, wouldn't know anything about how that feels. (laughs) Uh, Opinions go through phases. Voltairean monarchism. (laughs) 
Oh, yeah, right. So, yeah, because Hugo hates that he was a monarchist. <laughs> Even though he claimed to be a uh, uh, um, human rights activist, he was still a monarchist. I understand it now. <laughs> With our five hours of knowledge. <laughs> but... Like, he's, like, d- kind of disdaining Voltaire for that, but we're like, Hugo, you literally did the exact same thing. Like, he also <laughs> had his monarchist moment while also being like, I'm so liberal, and I care about things, but also, hee So, <laughs> Victor Hugoian monarchism, Voltairean monarchism had in Bonapartist liberalism no less of a strange counterpart which is a sentence that is not easy to say. Um, no. But that basically everyone's politics are like a little bit all over the place, which I kind of, we, we kind of got from when we were learning, learning about all the plus ultras and how they hate <laughs> the, like, the new, the new monarchists who are like, oh, some things are good. We're kind of embarrassed about being monarchists, but like, mm. didn't we have some good things too? And shouldn't we look, like our history's our history, <laughs> and the plus ultra monarchists are like, you're not going hard enough. You embarrass us. <laughs> so yeah, we're in like a bit of a strange time at the moment, and progressive opinions were subversive in France at the time. There wasn't yet these like really big underground organizations that like wanted new ideas. We've just got these little ones little baby societies in their fetus phase, Hugo says. <laughs> and one of them is a society of friends of the ABC. Mm. A society dedicated ostensibly to the education of children, in reality to the elevation of man. So it's very anti-Voltairean because Voltaire did not believe in universal education. Oh. <laughs> Everything's now just about Voltaire for us. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> so, abbesse means one brought low, and that's why they pronounce... And ABC in French is pronounced abbesse, so they're like puns! Um, yeah. A pun not to be scoffed at. Puns sometimes have a serious bearing on politics. <laughs> What was the one about pun that puns were actually about like a seagull shitting on you or something? When Ptolemy uses puns, it's like a seagull shitting on your head. And Ptolemy, if I'm saying his name correctly, the guy who Fontaine had a relationship, if we all remember, um, Mm. and then like left her in a very spiteful manner. Mm. Does come up again this chapter. So I'm like, oh, you like, do you remember what you said about puns at the beginning of the book, Hugo? Like, you had that, it was about this boy that you're like mentioning again. Yeah. I wonder if, I wonder if that first one about the seagulls shitting on you was sarcastic, but then, but, but, but why? Uh, I don't know. Hugo is a very complicated man. (laughs) Yes. I was thinking the like, because he, wrote this book over so many years and like added bits Mm. and had to like 
kind of update bits where I'm like, did, did he forget the things he said? <laughs> it's probably been 20 years since he said that he didn't like puns. And we know now yeah. that he loves them because they come up so often. Yeah, yeah. He he became a, uh, a dad. He like decided to do dad jokes from now on. Yeah, he, he came back 20 years later and was like, you've become the thing you hate. Here we go. <laughs> so... These pun-loving friends of the Abyssa who want to elevate man. We could almost say a clique because that's wow. so small. So you're like, oh, high school is great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they all wear pink on Wednesdays. <laughs> on Wednesdays. They all hang out mostly at either the tavern called the Corinth or the Café Musian. I think Musain. Musain. But th- that's that's very British, so I don't know. <laughs> Musain. The first of which was close to working men, and the second place was close to students. So I'm like, okay, we're, we're going to be hanging out. These boys are all going to be students or working men, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I also do... I, I may be wrong. I go into this assuming that actually everyone who would be listening knows everything about these boys, and it's just <laughs> me coming fresh to this knowledge. So you're all kind of being given a lecture in something <laughs> that you all care very deeply about already and know know everything. <laughs> well, but then the thing is, like, uh, less people have read the book than... Uh, know the like the fandom stuff, so I think it would be interesting to some people. Assumedly, some people um want to know what's the difference between like fandom law and and book law. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was going to give this lecture either way. I just feel like I'm <laughs> instead of like me giving a lecture, like I'm a PhD student and everyone else <laughs> knows the subject inside and out, and I have to like defend myself. <laughs> It's kind of nice, like with with everything else, it's really nice to hear your perspective. Because even from the beginning, when you were like, "Oh yeah," like you know, he actually describes them really well, and I was like, "Does he?" <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm prepared to be failed at the end of this chapter, Professor Nemo. Yeah, you you have. I'm, I'm you know, I'll have a quiz for you, and you have to you have to name each boy. <laughs> oh no. Um. There was a boy's name I'd never heard, like seen or heard before. So. Oh, really? Can I guess? Was it Jean Prouvaire? No, I knew that one. Oh, interesting. Well, we'll get to it in literally like two yeah. seconds. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah, so just everyone know that that's what my energy is this uh, this yeah. chapter. Um, so in these places where they hang out, they're smoking and drinking and gambling and laughter. Um, they talk very loudly about some things, but very quietly about others. And on the wall, they have an old map of France under the Republic, which is enough to rouse suspicions in any policeman. Mm. And most of the friends of the Abbesse were students who had an amiable understanding with a number of workers. So I was like, okay, so we're not <laughs> students and working men with students who think we know working men. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Um, and here are their names: Angelas, Combeferre, Jean Prouvier, Fuli, Coffiac, Barrel, Lely, Legal, Legal. Yeah, like the eagle, the eagle. Oh, Legal, Jolie, and Grantaire. So it was Legal who I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't go by that in the fix. 
He has a second name. <laughs> oh, is that Bosset? Yeah, Bosse. Bosse. I'm writing that down under it. <laughs> okay, that explains it because I was like, wow, one of the boys didn't even get described. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was surprised that you knew John Prouvaire because in fandom he goes by, jo- uh, Jolie? by Jehan. No, no. Jehan. Jehan, yeah. Well, when yeah. I saw the name, I remembered you mentioning it before. And then ah. when in this chapter it was like, he goes by Jehan, that I was like, oh, okay, there we go. Um, so I had enough fringe knowledge. <laughs> So strong was their friendship. These young men were a kind of family to each other. Yeah. But I was like, oh my god, they're actually found family. You guys said it. <laughs> it's canon. It's canon. And then he says, at the point we have now reached in this drama, it is perhaps worth casting a ray of light on these young, I, it, young individuals before the reader sees them swallowed up into the darkness of a tragic episode. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, yeah, really setting, uh, setting us up for uh, failure there. <laughs> yeah, it was like, oh wow, is this Romeo and Juliet? Like, are you, <laughs> Hugo, is this you being like, tragedies are still worth telling? <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't expect him to come out the gate like that. <laughs> It's going to be terrible. They're going to die. They're going to die so bad. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> god damn it. Because now I'm... Sh- it- it's always when I'm like, oh, I love this character. And because I love them, I'm sure they're going to be the one who dies. Uh-huh. That whenever I know that... If-, if all I know about a thing is that characters die. God, this did happen with Jean Valjean as well. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> when you know they're going to die. And, you know, I hate sad things. I'm like, so I'm just not going to care about this character then. So I'm not a hat. <laughs> But it always ends up making it worse. I always end up loving them despite it and loving them more knowing that it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so Hugo's really like, here are nine boys, nine estimated, uh, here are nine boys. They're going to die tragically. You're going to love each and every one of them. Yeah. Be prepared. And then he just goes and prepares me to love them. Yeah. So first boy, Angelas, was an only son and well off. So... Angelas, his Hugo's best boy. Yeah. Charming. Yeah. Capable of being fearsome. Angelic beauty. Mm-hmm. Um, you would have thought he had already lived through the revolutionary apocalypse in some previous existence because he's like so pensive. I was like, wow, Hugo, setting them up for past life fix. Boom, already done. <laughs> 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 he had a Warlike nature at odds with his boyishness, ministering and militant, a soldier of democracy, a priest of the ideal, fathomless eyes, a full lower lip that was <laughs> readily disdainful, a high forehead. Side note, says Hugo, a good deal of forehead in a face is like a good deal of sky in a landscape. Oh my god. <laughs> Love it. Extraordinarily youthful, with a girlish bloom, though pale at times. <laughs> Already a man, he ste- he seemed still a child. Twenty-two. He's. They're all so young. Babies. Yeah, absolutely. I'm older than almost all of them. Yep. God. <laughs> there, there are so many little like hair <laughs> on the sides of it, like <laughs> most of the pages. In in this chapter, for my read-through, he seemed unaware that there was, on Earth, a creature called woman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so canonically gay. I was like, oh, wow, okay. <laughs> 
he had only one passion, rightfulness. Yeah. And maybe boys, question mark. He knows <laughs> that they exist on this earth. Yeah. He basically only cares about his cause mm. that he doesn't really live a life is oblivious to spring he doesn't even notice that flowers bloom he doesn't hear the birds singing a name i oh, okay avadne's avadne's bad breast would not have moved him <laughs> doesn't even notice titties <laughs> says hugo <laughs> says hugo um imagine for him the only thing flowers are good for was to conceal the sword it's interesting that it's like exactly the same kind of language that is going to be used for marius when he does start seeing cosette and he doesn't then he refuses to acknowledge anything else around him i think at that point he doesn't we'll have to be on the lookout for it i guess but i'm pretty sure marius like stops seeing like you know um the world around him he stops hearing birdsong and stuff like that so it is kind of oh. interesting that like yeah they have this yeah that marius is like the very typical like romance lead and Andra like andras is, is like yeah it's using the same kind of language as if he had fallen in love with a woman mm. but for not a woman well he's liberty's lover yeah, he, he just said that with his words. That's a <laughs> sentence. So he is in love with a woman, Lady Liberty. Yeah, but he doesn't see women. So I guess this Lady Liberty is not a lady. Liberty is uh, non-binary. Non-binary. Yeah. Non-binary Liberty. We support you, but no one supports you more than Angelas. Yeah, yeah. Um, these like Hugo's like. Well, anyone who tries to make a romantic conquest of him, like, if you were to see that face, that long neck, long <laughs> fair eyelashes, those baby blue eyes, wind-tasseled hair, rosy cheeks, fresh lips, perfect teeth, um, youthfulness in its prime. <laughs> if you're a woman and you try and, like, get your foot on with him, a shocking, dreadful glance sort of abruptly revealed the abyss to you mm. uh, <laughs> it was like intense but i'm very here for it it's so yeah. dramatic but like capital d dramatic and like the, i guess he's like awe-inspiring capital a awful mm. as in like oh my god definitely like i can definitely see why he was both hugo and loads of teenage girls like <laughs> Yeah. dream like the the kind of scary pretty boy yeah um, he's so hot he has such strong ideals and he's not interested in you like yeah. perfect <laughs> <laughs> so that's our Angelas. and mm. i knew like so going in i knew that he was meant to, that there's going to be like all this apollo stuff like i read a handful of fics and apollo came up in every single one so i was like okay he's like beaming with the light of righteousness and like mm. he's hot but it was like whoa <laughs> you go he's really hot <laughs> he's just so pretty he is he like yeah hugo like couldn't <laughs> Hugo just sitting there like, here's my OC, I want to kiss him on the lips. Yeah. Um, but Hugo, that's a boy. I I want to kiss him on the lips immediately. On, on those full and uh, fresh lips. Rosie, don't forget Rosie. Rosie. 
<laughs> with well, a plump bottom lip. Yeah, <laughs> specifically. <laughs> it's just, yeah, I, I love it. And then next boy alongside Enjolas. And if Enjolas represented the logic, wait. <laughs> yes, okay, wait, yes, that was correct. Alongside Enjolas, who represented the logic of revolution, Combeferre represented its philosophy. Um, yeah. So, next boy, and so far, I think my favourite boy, reading these. He's just like, he's got it all. The difference between those two things, between being the logic and being the philosophy of the revolution, is... Mm. That logic may lead to war, whereas philosophy can only lead to peace. So you know that was Voltaire's. <laughs> that was Voltaire's mission. He created the. He he created his group of philosopher people because he was anti-war. <laughs> do you it's understand? True. I do understand. <laughs> That's why Voltaire loved his boy, the Prussian prince, so much. He did. He loved Frederick because Frederick was confair. <laughs> oh my god. Oh no, Combeferre uh, wouldn't play with Voltaire's feelings the way that Frederick yeah, sometimes that's would. True. That's true. <laughs> um, yeah, so our good boy Combeferre um, was both compliment and corrective to Angelas. Uh, mm. He's a lot more accommodating and like warmer than Angelas. Like he's more. Uh, accessible and feasible is his whole outlook um mm. and that revolution was more sustainable with Combeferre than with Enjolras because for Enjolras mm. it's divine right and Combeferre is natural right uh we go all not light metaphors coming up but that basically like if if like Enjolras is like this fire of light mm. which is like very like in the night sky is like huge and like consuming but like creates smoke and you might cough a bit whereas for Combeferre if we just wait until dawn there'll be some natural light and it's less distractive mm. Mm, mm. and that's their whole light motif um and also Combeferre he's like living more of a human life than Enjolas <laughs> is what he just says. Um like Enjolas is so severe, but Combeferre like enjoys things. <laughs> mm. He like he goes to theatre, he sees plays, <laughs> uh, which of course Hugo loves. Mm. Um he goes to lectures, he's really interested in like what's going on with the sciences. Uh, he's like learning hieroglyph- mm. hieroglyphics, uh, geology, drawing. Um, he denies nothing, he not Voltaire. even. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> he's less sickly than Voltaire. He can't be Voltaire. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Sorry, he denies nothing, not even, not even ghosts. So everything <gasps> that I have his supernatural beliefs coming out. Yeah, there are quite a lot where he he has a um a ghost podcast with um his best boy Kufuak. <laughs> Aww, okay, good. I'm glad because when I came across that, I was like, oh, this better be a motif with the fix. Yeah, and Jahan as well. I think like Jahan also. I mean, it's not ever stated, but I feel like Jahan also has that um uh, interesting ghostliness just from aesthetic wise. So mm-hmm. yeah, love it. Yeah, he's just, like, out here, like, 
being interested in in other things and yeah enjoying enjoying life he um mm. he for him he wants society to work at raising moral and intellectual standards developing the mm. minds of young people He's really afraid that the current method of schooling <laughs> this came and got me. Um with the it's literary um literary narrowness where they're just we're just focusing on s- a couple centuries of so-called classical learnings and literature, um, and that scholastic prejudices and learning by rote would end up turning our schools into artificial oyster beds. <laughs> Wow, interesting. Mm, yeah, That's so, funny. Yeah, so his fear is that, yeah, the way that the education system was in his time was just teaching mm. children to, um, well, I guess there was less children in schools, but so students who were of what, like teenage to young man age, is just teaching them to be able to regurgitate facts whole yeah. like wholesale like you're just an oyster farm where they like insert the sand so every single oyster is creating the same pile that was like ha 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 wouldn't mm. know what that schooling system's like <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, glad to see things have changed <laughs> <laughs> you were so wrong to fear that Cumberfair um so he is a purist, a polymath, meticulous, hardworking. Um, he believed in every dream, especially the mm. railways. <laughs> I hope he's got. Oh. I hope he's like. What is it called when you when you go and watch trains? Oh, the, the yeah, twitcher I don't know. of being a train person. Yeah, yeah. Train fanciers. Train spotter. No, yeah, tra- no, yeah. I was like, that's the film, so I don't know whether it's yeah. the, like, the real term for it, but I'm assuming it is. Yeah, at the very least, he has a Thomas the Tank Engine t-shirt in a modern age. Oh my god, yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so if Enjolas was the leader, Combeferre was a guide, you would have wanted to fight with one and march with the other. Yeah, I think from the couple of fics I'd read, I did know that he was like a big boy in, in the um, Abyssé. But yeah, he's basically on level with Angelos. Oh no, you're gone. Nah. Uh, 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 you would. Uh, uh, Andras is the person who you would go to war with, but but Comfer is the person that you would want to march with. I don't know whether you said anything after that, but it made me think of something that someone said to me. I think it was on Tumblr. I can't remember who said it. Um, somebody said to me like, you know, it it, it they find it really funny when they read. Um, Ami fix because the Ami are people who they would never ever like if they walked into a pub and they saw them like talking about politics they would turn around and walk away (laughs) (laughs) because they're all a group of like 20 something ostensibly white men sitting in a pub talking about like freedom and revolution but I feel like Confer is the only one out of this whole group who I would actually want to talk with Mm. Yeah, he feels like he's got a lot going on. So you mm. feel like maybe his ideas have been come to from maybe a bit of experience. Although that's true of another boy coming up for me. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Whee! Yeah, so if Angelas is this like blinding ideal, they're like, yeah, 
Combefer is like, anyway, here's how we like actually achieve this long term instead of just revolution. Ah. Um, mm. But he will fight if he has to. He would just rather that um, society progresses <laughs> as it should, that it will take its course, and that the more people learn, he believes, the more that they'll be like, oh, these silly things we used to do, we don't do those anymore. So I guess mm. like a bit idealistic in that way. Good must be innocent, he kept repeating. So he he isn't... Like, he will, but he would rather that revolution wasn't a bloody thing. Which I guess is also another Victor Hugo OC yeah. moment. Yeah, very much so. He's like, c- compared to Enjolas, a gentle boy. Yeah. But, you know, he's even more gentle. Jean Pouvier, a shade mm. easier than Kofrak. Combefer, oh my god, I'm getting these seeds mixed up already. <laughs> <laughs> he called himself Jehan. So, mm. recognize that name a lot more. He's got an amorous disposition. He tends pot plants. He plays the flute. He writes poetry. Pitied women, question <laughs> mark. Uh, wept for children. Um, he definitely has religion. Like, he... He's, like, split in two, and on the one hand, he's like, here's how we do all these things for men. He's thinking about, like, what can be done for society. And then on the other hand, is like, thinking about God a lot. Mm. Um, above all, he was good. He has a preference for the sublime, which is, like, godliness. Mm. Um, but Enjolas was described as being the more sublime of uh, him hey. and Combefer, so a little ship there, I don't know. Yeah, it's not a popular <laughs> one, but like you should definitely come at it with a bat. Like <laughs> I feel like of all the things, like Jahan's um religion isn't something that is brought up quite a lot, so you should do it. Get into that <laughs> two man fandom. <laughs> You're like, you've got to the boys, don't you dare start shipping a big ship. <laughs> I must be doomed. But yeah, like religion is definitely like a big thing for Jehan. Mm. Um, he was fond of whiling away his time in meadows of wild oats and cornflowers. <laughs> like, what? I love it. <laughs> My soft boy. <laughs> I can imagine his if you made a Tumblr stim board. Mm. Like, you just know what it would be. There's be- there'd be some very aesthetic crosses in there. Or at least like some really beautiful um, stained glass windows from churches. Mm. All of these fields, some very like nymph-like selfies. You know, he's got like this flute playing, <laughs> the pot plants. Like he is our soft boy. Yeah, yeah. And like a lot of people uh, headcanon him overwhelmingly as non-binary as well. Like just. Mm. So it's actually kind of weird because it's the first time in a long time I've heard Jahan being referred to of he, him pronouns. Oh. And I'm like, hold on, how are you misgendering this boy? <laughs> Sorry that I let Victor Hugo make me misgender you, Jahan. <laughs> I won't do it again. He had two turns of mind, one directed towards man, the other towards God. Study or contemplation. Mm. So like, yeah, God is like a big thing oh. for this soft child like Enjolas they were a a wealthy and only child (laughs) (laughs) I won't misgender you again (laughs) Um, 
No, like, now it must be canon because dress badly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like, and the, the, this list. Spoke softly, head bowed, dressed badly, behaved awkwardly, blushed at next to nothing, extremely shy. <laughs> Otherwise, fearless. And I'm like, that's all my friends. I bet they fucking love frogs as well. Like, Aww. you can absolutely, like, frogs and mushrooms. Just. <laughs> While laying in those meadows of wild oats, like. Yeah. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So. That's uh, Jehan, who now you've shot to my favorite. Like I did already love the like <laughs> laying in fields thing, but it was like, what a beautiful thing to tell me about this person after all of the Enjolras like loves nothing, just revolution. <laughs> Do not try and flirt. We'll hate you. <laughs> yeah, you can definitely imagine the dating sim where it's like, you know, there's only bad options for Andras until the very end, where, like, actually it turns out all of the bad options were good options. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, there's such a strong ace Enjolas, well, aromantic Enjolas mm. argument, but then we have not got to Grand Hair yet. That's yeah. where I lost my mind. Um, so... <laughs> But that is that is definitely such a strong read. Just like, do not look at me unless you are liberty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and like Ace Aero and really cares about his friends. Yeah, like so. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This found family. Yeah. Uh, next kid, kid man. <laughs> next <laughs> fully grown adult. <laughs> Philly, our fan maker, an Yay. orphan. Uh, who earns three francs a day mm. for his toil, but had one thought, to free the world. So he goes out of his way to educate himself, which he mm. also termed to free himself. Mm. And everything that he knows, he's taught himself. He was big-hearted and a, he had a huge embrace. So a <laughs> good big hug. bear. Big he's bear. Really... This orphan had adopted nations. <laughs> we love that. Um, yeah, he like has learned a lot of languages, mm. um, and re- so he really cares about kind of what's going on everywhere and like the po- the history of politics from places that aren't just France. And it's like if the rest of these kids basically just care about France, yeah, Lily's the one who's like, well, these things are going on elsewhere, and it all boils down to when this happened in Poland and. Um, when Poland was um, in 1772, like divided, but I think <gasps> by like... Frederick, by Frederick of, of Prussia and Catherine of Russia and the other person. <laughs> oh my God, Voltaire, your problematic boyfriend. <laughs> oh my God, maybe oh. the Voltaire episodes are the most vital we've ever made. <laughs> oh no. Well, Jesus Christ. Yeah, so Fooley's thing is that he's like, Frederick, when you did that, that basically set a precedent. So when everyone else is like grabbing parts of other countries, they, oh the God. people who did that get to look back at you doing that, Frederick of Prussia, and being like, well, he did it. So it's fine that we do that too. And that like really, like Fooley hates that that oh happened my God. and feels very strongly about it. So I guess would have hated Voltaire question mark like Voltaire you dated this like yeah but then Voltaire hated that that happened as well he sent that mm. letter to Frederick saying um I can't believe that you and Catherine would do this to me I mean France <laughs> <laughs> I mean Poland <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, okay, maybe Fooly would be like, "Oh, Voltaire, I too am hurt by this. You couldn't believe it either, because <laughs> we can only see every character through the lens of how they feel about Voltaire now." <laughs> Oh, Voltaire, we're really in it now. <laughs> um, yes, what about this? I think is he the... I, I only just read this, but he's the only one I can remember as being a worker. Yeah, yeah, Like, of, of all his students and workmen, he's... Hmm. This poor worker had made himself the guardian of justice. Yeah. Uh, there is no statute of limitations of us theft of a nation. Yeah, he feels re- like that's what he believes in very strongly. And he'll be justice will reward his um, be- guardianship of it by making him great. Mm. Like, great. Except I know that Hugo, you said it ends in tragedy so <laughs> <laughs> so there's our one, our one working boy. Like, I feel like he's the one who comes to the meetings and is just like, oh my god surrounded by rich idiots who've yeah. never like like everyone else at that party is like, oh yeah, obviously if you read Marx, and he's like, uh, okay, have you <laughs> worked a day in your life though? <laughs> I have read Marx and washed a dish. <laughs> yeah, literally, I've done like a customer service job. Like, yeah. I, I, I know about capitalism. <laughs> and then, so I was based on the couple fix I'd read. Surprised that it's only now that we get Kufarak. Yeah. Yeah, I, I thought he would be number three on the list. Yeah, same, actually. I was surprised. I thought that you had skipped over him. but <laughs> <laughs> No. Um, yeah, because I was like, like, based on the fix, I was like, oh, okay, I'm surprised you're not third. And then based on what Hugo says, I'm also surprised mm. he's third. So to lead up to that, it's like, so Kofarek had a dad who was Monsieur de Kofarek, but... The bourgeois under the rev- the restoration, like we all get a bit funny about the d, and mm-hmm. um, so a lot of people drop it. So instead of being like Monsieur de Chauvin, we become Monsieur Chauvin, and they just drop the d. And um, Hugo says the particle, as everyone knows, means nothing. <laughs> Do you know he was Monsieur de Voltaire? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> You're basically getting the Voltaire episode <laughs> wrapped up into this one, and that's why we're only doing one chapter. Yeah. So, Korferak didn't want to lag behind this trend of dropping the diff, so just plain Korferak. <laughs> this line made me laugh so bad. As far as Korferak is concerned, we might almost leave it at that, and for the rest, simply say, for Korferak, see Ptolemy's. <laughs> Wow, bitch. Wow. It was like, whoa, roasted. What? Yeah. Yeah, that is actually kind of interesting with the BBC adaptation because I think that's the closest you get to like a less fandom and more like, oh yeah, he likes girls partying and women. And you get the parallels between, you know, Ptolemy's and uh, Kufak and Gonter actually in the BBC one. Mm-hmm. But not that we want that, but you know. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, read that line, and also that line on my book is the last sentence on a page, so you're really like left to sit with that, where I was like, Hugo, buy your own boy, but then Hugo's like, well, but actually, um, so yes, Kofarak does have a like vivacity of spirit that some might have called a waggish charm of youth, 
And yes, mm-hmm. this waggishness, which I was like, what is waggishness? <laughs> I get like <laughs> the context clues of like a really posh boy with money and not too mm. much to do, thinks he's smart, likes women. I'm assuming that's what that is, like, mm. surely. Yeah, um, I always assumed it was like, you know, wagging your tongue, so like talkativeness. Ooh. Okay, that makes sense as well. That he's he was like, yes, I know this kind of thing. Like it gets passed down from generation to generation, so that anyone listening to Kofrek in eighteen twenty eight might have thought that they were hearing Ptolemy's in eighteen seventeen. Only Kofrek was a decent lad, um, and beneath <laughs> the apparent similarities in their outward dispositions, the difference between Ptolemy's and him was considerable. So then I was like, "Oh, did someone read your description of Kofrek, Hugo?" And was like, "This reminds me of Ptolemy's," and Hugo was like, "How dare you!" <laughs> Yeah, it was Andrew Davies. Andrew Davies stopped on that first page and was like, oh, see Ptolemy's? Okay. (laughs) I will. (laughs) There was in Ptolemy's a public prosecutor, but in Korferak, a chivalrous knight. Wow. (laughs) It's very, like, especially after, like, because I I did pause after reading the, for Korferak, see Ptolemy's, to be like, And then this was like the end of two paragraphs later that was like, oh, I see you're being very defensive, Hugo. Okay, I understand what happened. What led to this? It's just so funny to me. I had a great time reading this chapter, if you can't tell. It feels like, um, you know, the AN uh, to all my haters, um, actually, you're a prep if you leave me a hater comment, comment <laughs> um, and also go and die. And also, uh, my editor can go and die for saying mean things about my boy, Kufarak. He would never be like Ptolemy's. <laughs> Get educated. Like it, but actually, he's a chivalrous knight. <laughs> and... and if Enjolas was the leader and Cumberfield was the guide, Kovarek is the centre. The others gave more light, but he gave more warmth. The fact is, the fact is, he had all the qualities of a centre, roundedness and radiance. <laughs> so- Hugo would have loved Maya's Briggs tests, like, absolutely. He would have done them for all of his characters. Yeah. And he would have been like, and obviously, obviously, Andras is an Aries, and obviously, Kufarak is a, well, I don't even know, uh, Sagittarius? <laughs> uh, I don't know them that well. Yeah, so, um. and also their blood types are AB, and his blood type is O, <laughs> so they're very compatible. <laughs> So, yeah, it was, like, that part that it was, like, so why wasn't he the third one if we've got the leader, the guide, and the centre? Mm. That it was, like, the, the the journey I imagined that Higo went on for this part mm. of the book is that he wrote just a, a normal description of Kofarek, had someone say, oh, that's just like Ptolemy's, and he was, like, how dare very angry, very defensive, and the making Kofarek the center was like not initially intended, but as his defensive, like, well, but he's a chivalrous knight, and he's he's like the third most important one. He hadn't intended that. He like it was a very passionate moment, but he'd already written them in the order that they were in. That he was like, it's too late for me to put him as the third one now. Okay, yeah. So it was that's... like a little addendum. That's, <laughs> that's hilarious. Yeah, that's what I think happened. Not to take that away from Kofarak, just that's what I think the journey was. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
After that very impassioned, all the qualities and radiance, full stop. Uh, so Baharol had been involved in some bloody disturbances. <laughs> <laughs> so next we get Baharol, who is good-humoured, disru- uh, <laughs> I can't say it. Disreputable. Yeah, he was. <laughs> Brave, spendthrift, generous in his lavishness, eloquent in his chatter, brazen in his audaciousness, <laughs> the damned finest fellow that ever could be, with gaudy waistcoats, waistcoats and fiery opinions. Um, yeah. Yes, I'm yeah. <laughs> a great brawler. He loved nothing so much as a quarrel, short of a riot. Um, loved nothing so much as a riot short of a revolutionary a revolution so he's just like down to fight he wants to just like tear up the cobblestones smash some windows bring down the government <laughs> like he cannot love these stupid boys they they just they just love Bowel so much <laughs> he's just wearing Bullshit clothes and wants to like pull up a paving stone. Yeah, just wants to fight. He's been a student for eleven years, like so he's meant to be learning to be a lawyer, but it's like mm. oh, I don't want to. Yeah. He'll like go to his lectures, but he finds the subject matter for songs instead mm. of the subject matter teaching him how to be a lawyer. He's like, wow, this would be great in a poem. <laughs> uh, love it for him. <laughs> And then, so he's got quite a big allowance, 3,000 mm. francs a year, doing Jesus. nothing. But his parents were peasants, and he used to be like, mm. they're not bourgeois, they're peasants. And that's why they've got some intelligence. They were like, zing! Nice. <laughs> but also, where's all this money coming from then? I did read that, uh, literally yesterday, there was a, a post by Red the Pear, which was about this, um, and I can't remember what it was exactly, but I'll put it in the show notes, but it was literally someone was like, why, how can they afford it if his parents were uh, peasants? How did they uh, allow this, uh, how, how did they afford this allowance? And um, they were a bit, uh, Pilfering Apples actually, not Red the Pear, um, Pilfering Apples went into this thing about the translation of the word allowance and how it's uh in pretty much every english translation was uh translated to allowance but that it might be a wrong translation and it might actually be a uh, uh, pension instead and so possibly a pension from work as in uh they had worked a lot and so they were getting a pension rather than so rather than it being like they were rich people from a bourgeois family or even an aristocratic family as all the others were they or he had worked enough to get a pension and that's how he was being put through school okay that makes more sense than than just their peasants three thousand francs a year doing nothing yeah, so it, it, uh, I'll, yeah, I'll definitely link the full post mm-hmm. so you can read more about it because that was just like off the top of my head of like mm-hmm. what I remembered it being. Um, but yeah, it was like an interesting thing of like, what the fuck did Hugo mean by like <laughs> they were peasants and they were giving him an extra allowance? Yeah. Um, okay, cool. Yeah, that'd be interesting to read. <laughs> if the others in this group had habits, he had none. He <laughs> sauntered to stray yeah. as human. To saunter is Parisian. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, 
a penetrating mind and more of a thinker than he seemed. Mm, I love my big, because like, yeah, he looks like a himbo, but is actually intelligent. Oh, we love it. Yeah. Like, hunk from Voltron. Wow. <laughs> Why did that the first one that came to mind? Okay, interesting. <laughs> I was like, I couldn't Im- believe I was invoking Voltron as I did it. <laughs> but I would die for Hunk, so I stand by it. Because <laughs> mm, mm. he's got like himbo energy, but is like such a smart boy when the show yeah. remembers to utilize him and his vast intelligence. Anyway, gonna move swiftly on. Um, <laughs> So Baharal, he served as a link between the Abyssir and other amorphous groups that are to take shape later. Mm. And then we get our next boy, whose introduction to his name is a long and rambling tale involving a king and some name misspelling and how his name, family name, came to be a few... Would say it again, Nima. Legal, legal. Yes. I mean, you know, as far as I know, it's probably very <laughs> different from that. But in my head, it's legal. Okay, yeah. So legal, <laughs> the only bold member of this group. Yep. <laughs> and his comrades called him Busset for short. For yeah. short of telling the whole rambling story. Yeah. Um. So he's very cheerful, and he's so full of love and laughter and life. Um, (laughs) But his speciality was being unable to succeed at anything because he has such bad luck. So, like, no matter what venture he gets involved in, it will all go wrong. And it happens basically every single time he does anything. Yeah. That... He's not surprised when things go wrong. He's just like, ah, old friend, fate, it is you. Hello, Lady Jinx. (laughs) It's like forced him to have this really good humor because he's just like, everything goes wrong for me. So like, instead of being miserable about it, because it's going to happen no matter what I do, Mm. he's just like, yeah, very like, well, what are you going to do? So I keep hitting my mic. Just like Legal would. (laughs) (laughs) This has been a very legal attempt at recording today. Yeah, it's true. So this constant things going wrong has made him very inventive and full of resources. <laughs> he doesn't have money, but he's still like when he feels like he can, he'll still like live quite indulgently just for like that one second that he has the money and can like do that. He was heading slowly towards the profession of being a lawyer, like Baharel, but Busset does not have much of a home, sometimes not at all. He would stay with one person or another, most often Jolie. Yeah, Jolie was good. studying medicine, two years younger than Busset, and we get just like very streamlined into Jolie, who is yeah. a young hypochondriac. Yeah. <laughs> so he's learning medicine, and what he gets out of that is to learn more things to be afraid of for himself. <laughs> uh, like, he believes that people can be, like, magnetized like a needle can, so he's, like, got the bed set up, like, facing head to south and foot to north, so that his blood can be counted at night by the globe's great magnetic current. During mm-hmm. thunderstorms, he takes his pul- own pulse, um, just, you know, keeping an eye on things. Yeah. 
But the, other than all of these constant everyday like concerns, very merry. <laughs> Just full of contradictions, young and cranky, ailing and cheerful, like our good friend Voltaire. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I think they're all Voltaire, see. I think they're all Voltaire who's been like, yeah, yeah, he's been split up and now you have to defeat all of them. (laughs) They all form the... Every fucking anime and kids show where, like, Power Rangers, they all become, like... They're all Power Rangers. Voltron, you become Voltron. Um, (laughs) Transformers were defeating... Like, like all of them just fought for dominance in my brain for which like all these boys they all all the gems they all fuse and they all become Voltaire the answer to all of these is they all become Voltaire oh my god that's hilarious and Voltaire is such a Transformers name as well like it's like one step close to Voltron like <laughs> so really Hugo was just uh, seeing into the future. Yeah, he was ahead. Of, he was a visionary ahead of his time. <laughs> Imagine that being the opening line of like your paper, and someone's like, "Oh, interesting." And you're like, "And this is how Hugo knew that the trend of transforming kids' cartoons and things is coming." Oh my god! Not a visionary for anything else. <laughs> I am gonna submit my PhD paper with just a really bad um, Photoshop of one, like um, a Gundam with like nine boys' faces <laughs> on at the top. Voltaire. Yeah, he's just like a jolly boy. They put extra L's in Jolie's name, and they're like with those four L's. Um, pronounced ales, meaning wings, you can take flight. Um, (laughs) Jolie had a habit of touching in his nose with the end of his cane, an indication of a shrewd mind. Hmm, interesting. I'm like, okay, Hugo. Um, All these very diverse young men, who when all is said and done, cannot be taken seriously. No, Cannot but be taken seriously. Well, I, I completely uh-huh. read it the first time. I was like, yeah, this was fun and silly. But oh no, Hugo meant <laughs> I must take them seriously. Oops. <laughs> well, okay. Well, we must take them seriously then when all is said and done. Okay. Okay. Stop laughing. Okay. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> they shared the same religion. Progress. All were sons of the French Revolution by direct descent. Their flesh-and-blood fathers were, or had been, moderates, royalists, constitutional monarchists. Never mind. Uh, this had no- This has nothing to do with them. This came before their time. They were young. Pure blood of principle ran in their veins. They subscribed mm. without any interme- intermediary subtlety to incorruptible right and absolute duty. But among all of these impassioned hearts and earnest <laughs> minds was one sceptic. And I <laughs> felt like I was losing it through the whole of our last boy. Because there has very much been parts of this chapter where you're like, this is just a fanfic. Like, uh-huh. this is written like a fanfic. And then Hugo came and just, like, slapped me in the face with a wet fish <laughs> with this last one. <laughs> this sceptic's name was Grantaire. Um, and he has a habit of signing himself with a capital R, Grandar, F is the capital R, Grandaire. He was a man who take great care not to believe in anything. 
he was mm-hmm. one of those students who learned the most during their time in Paris. And by that, Hugo means he like he knows where all the best cafes are. You want this meal, you go here. You want this dish, you want to go here. You want to like go gambling, here you go. Billards, this is a cafe. Mm. He knows mm. the right place to go for everything. He's very good at two types of foot boxing. He knows dances. <laughs> good at stick fighting. Heavy drinker into bargaining. Extremely ugly, <laughs> says Hugo. <laughs> <laughs> He has a thing of, like, gazing fondly and intently at women as if to say, like, oh, if I wanted, I could have her. And everyone is like, Ponter, it's impossible. <laughs> You're just so ugly. I'm like, oh, God. So all these things that the, these other boys are, like, really into, like, justice for the people, rights of man, uh, French Revolution, Republic, democracy. For Grantaire, they had close to no meaning whatsoever, and he can't take them seriously. Skepticism, that dry rot of the intellect, had left him with not a single idea intact. Um, mm. So he's like more into the idea of not believing in anything, mm. which, for to his detriment, says Hugo. Mm. Um, he'd say about the crucifix, crucifix, that is a good piece of carpentry, <laughs> which I did like. Um, a gambler, dissolute, often drunk. He liked to annoy these young idealists by constantly singing to himself. However, however, this skeptic had one obsession. Mm. Was this an idea? Dogma, art, science? No, it was a man. Enjolras. <laughs> Grantaire admired, loved, revered Enjolras. How did Enjolras enthrall him? By his ideas? No, by his character. The (laughs) sceptic attracted to the believer is an elementary as the law of complementary colours. We are drawn to what we like. The toad's eyes always look skyward. Why? To watch the bird in flight? And are we not all toads here? (laughs) Grantaire loved to watch Faith soar in Enjolras. He needed Enjolras. <laughs> Without any notion of explaining it to himself, he was spellbound by that chaste, wholesome, steadfast, honest, rigorous, straightforward nature. By instinct, he admired his opposite. In Enjolras's company, Grantaire once again became somebody. He was hmm. ironic and he was well-meaning. His apathy cared. I do like... If I was not already a little bit like, oh my god. (laughs) There are men who seemingly are born to be the inverse of someone else. Mm. They are Pollux, Nisus, some other names, Patroclus. Yep. Their existence depends on being fronted by another man. Their names follow on and are never written without the conjunction of and in front of them. Their lives do not belong to them. Grantaire was one of those men. He was the reverse of Enjolras, and it was like, here go, you know, what? So, mate. So, mate. Like, what? <laughs> like, you can name all these other boys. Yeah. I just, like, Pat- he, like, slipped Patroclus in there, like, in the middle, that it was like, don't pretend, like, scholars have not been talking about who <laughs> topped Patroclus or Achilles for, like, forever. What do you mm, say? I mean, Orestes and Pilates are like canonically gay, as were um ah. Oh, there was one in there who was like literally the 
the lover of a king. So yeah. Wow. Okay. He re- okay. He there wasn't su- it wasn't subtext. It was text. Yeah, it was text. It was full on like text. Yeah. <laughs> I'm very close to the end, so we'll finish this and swing back round. Yeah. Um, one might almost say the affinities begin with the letters of the alphabet. In that sequence, O and P are inse- inseparable. You might as well just say O and P are Orestes and Pylades. A true satellite of, of Enjolas, Grantaire lived within the circle of young men. He dwelt among them. Only with them was he happy. He followed them everywhere. His pleasure was to watch these figures come and go in a wine-induced haze. And they put up with him because he's good-humoured. Mm. In his belief, Enjolas looked down on this sceptic and is in his sobriety on this drunkard. He spared him a little lordly pity. Mm. Always snubbed by Enjolas, spurned, rebuffed, and back again for more. He said of Enjolas, <laughs> What memorial magnificence. Um... And memorial is marble-like, so what? Marble-like, statuesque mm. magnificence. There is just like the. F- I thought that maybe the fandom had like read a little bit. <laughs> like I thought, like I knew the Apollo thing, mm. so I was like, I'm sure there's something there. But you know, like if you're like me and Nemo, who love to be like, look at those old men. Let's build our <laughs> ship around it. We're not used to it being like... So he's literally the Patroclus to his Achilles? Yeah, yeah. What? <laughs> like, I could I could 1,000% understand why it's such the huge ship on Jolas and Grantaire, because, like, what the... What? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for one, like, he literally says... Guantel loves Angelas. Um, and then he says he was exactly like uh, all of these people who loved men. And that was in the 19th century already a thing that was already used as a cloak for um, homosexuality. And I think inverse was also a, a word that was used in the 19th century uh, as a term for homosexuality as well, uh-huh. um, which was something I hadn't clocked before. But yeah. Um, Inverse used to be a slang term for um, homosexuality. And obviously that's the translator's word. I don't know whether... Well, the translator's got given us ver- verso, the inverse, the reverse. Like, ticky pick. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. Uh, and uh, also I don't know whether it was like... Because that was definitely in England. Um, inverse was used as 19th century slang. Uh, okay. but, so I don't know whether it like, transferred into... France, but then there was a close relationship between France and England and slang, so there might have been. But yeah, so you know, it's uh, it was just right there. It was all just right there on the <laughs> you page. Know, you know, he put it right there. He was like, Hugo was like, look, I don't like necessarily ship it mm. because I just want to see this boy who's like, like literally the soulmate, like. And I, my thing, Victor Hugo, my thing is I need to see him really hurt. So he's like, he's not interested in him, but he's fated to, you know, like a satellite. Like, he's only happy when he's around them. Yeah. yeah. So he he's in love, but it is uh, just as tragic as these boys' fates. <laughs> yeah, he definitely was like, oh, here's my 100k unreciprocated fanfic yeah. so oh my god like i yeah i completely understand so much more than i did before this evening like even if my main ship is still 
Marius is dead. <laughs> And the Abbe. I like, I understand you all, <laughs> Blamer's fandom. Like, Victor Hugo came out here and just like, wow. Yeah, it does give an insight into who we are as people where we're like, oh, yeah, I guess you could ship the like uh, classical Greek references who are like, you know, Achilles and Patroclus, and like, it literally says they love each other on the page. Or you could ship. Baron Pomacy and Abbe Mabouf, who maybe were in a room together and, like, you know, <laughs> letters were written and they probably pressed flowers together. Just so compelling. Aren't you compelled by that? But, like, yeah. So, yeah, a lot more of, like, obviously, well, not obviously. So, you know, I was saying I've, like, read some of the fix. I. Mm. Back in the day when me and you first like became aware of each other on Tumblr, mm. so that's when you were going through a very big. I think that's when Lemus <laughs> happened to you. Yeah, before we'd really spoken much, so I was just like, "Oh, what's all this that my new friend is very into? Lots of old men." Um, <laughs> but a lot of people. So I followed someone on my dash. Their main thing was from the movie Grantaire mm. and Angelas. Mm. Um, so that was like all, all I knew of really of Les Mis was like you with these old men and this <laughs> other person with um, Angelas and Grantaire. Mm. So, you know, you're kind of like, oh, is it the way the actor's playing it? Because Grantaire's actor is like doing a lot of like gazing, but I, he didn't gaze enough. He didn't read the text close enough. I should have been more um, heartbreak. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, but oh, well, that's why that sentence was meant to start. That from sort of like fandom fringes the a lot of the other boys don't come up as much but like mm. Grantaire, Angelas, um, Combeferre and Clifferac mm. come up in fix a lot more yeah so I kind of like got my bits of ideas of what they were like or at least what the fandom has them like mm. I just yeah didn't expect for the uh the canon versions <laughs> of these boys to just be so <laughs> right there <laughs> like it's mm. right there it's just text yeah it's been wild <laughs> yeah it's it's always fast like i remember when i first read the book and i and i didn't really know anything about any of these like side characters apart from what i'd read in fix and i remember like the fanon idea is very strong but it's also very strongly rooted in mm. canon um and so yeah, when when you read the brick, it's like reading the Wikipedia page. Yeah. So that you can then go and read fix and be like, oh, right, okay, I see. Like, even though I would say the vast majority of people who um, write fix don't read the brick. Um, but I just think the like, the passing on of knowledge of mm. specific things, though, there are things like, you know, and, and I'll talk about this in later episodes, we won't go into it now. But yeah, there are certain things that don't get talked about. But um, this chapter, at least, like pretty much every fact that you learnt on this page, these pages, <laughs> goes into every single fic. So. Well, like, Hugo's done a, a really good job as if they're like, as if it is a dating sim to bring that back up. <laughs> but he's like, they all have, here's their very strong thing. Mm, and also mm. gives us like a fair, well, for most of them. Okay, I've, I've closed my book. Yeah. Wait, let me put it, I'll slide it away from me so yeah. I can't look. I am now going to completely fail to remember them all, but yeah. uh, I'm going to try and remember yeah. their, like... Like, he does really good, like, here's their big interests yeah. to differentiate them. It's as if he's given them each a colour so I can remember which boy in the lineup yeah. is which. Like, okay, Angelas is our, like, I don't care 
I just want this revolution. I am like a divine wrath mm-hmm. main boy, sublime mm-hmm. Apollo. Yeah. Actually, Apollo hasn't come up yet. Or if it did, I just didn't underline it. It wasn't as important as there was just so much there to <laughs> choose from. Um, Combefer came second. Yeah. He is the guide. He's more grounded. He's like into theater. He's into science. Yeah. He wants revolution, but he doesn't want it to be. He doesn't want it to be fighty if he can help it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we had Fui. Oh, third. you missed one. <gasps> Jean Pavreau? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that is Jehan? Yeah. Oh no, I'm, I'm about to mix him and Fui out. No, Jehan is an non-binary. Yep, yep. Okay, cool. Hangs out in in um, oat wheat fields. Yep. Um, Is the softest of the boys. Yep. Oh, and like really cares about God. Yeah. Was fourth Fui? Yeah. Oh no, Fui, which one are you? Fui is... Um, one of my favorite boys. One of your favorite boys. <laughs> Does saying Voltaire help you? <laughs> no, because no, Jolie is Voltaire in that he is a hypochondriac. Yeah. Frederick. Frederick. Wants peace? Yeah. Poland. <gasps> oh, yeah. So Fui is the one who actually is a workman, makes three francs a week or a day. Mm. Yeah, it's the only one who's got a job. Yeah, really cares about the politics of not only France. Is for you. And then it was Bahorel? Nope. Basset. Nope. What? After Fui comes. Wait, am I on boy five? One, two, three. Oh, four. then it was then it was Kofarak. Yeah. Because he came <laughs> unexpectedly in the list. And yeah. Kofarak is Ptolemy's, but he's really not you guys. He's actually yeah. a, like a white knight. Yeah. Um, and he's the center of the group and he really cares. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um but do see Ptolemy's to get a bit of an idea of what he is like. Just yeah. remember that he's like chivalrous about it. Yeah. Um and then was one of the bees. Uh yeah. Uh, Horel? Yes. He isn't the bold one. No. Not the bold one. He, oh, 11 years at law school. Yeah. Just did it. Uh, 11 years at law school, goes to lectures, turn, wants to turn them into songs instead. Mm-hmm. What he cares about is, how dare he give them two names with similar first letters? Because is it Busset is bold and doesn't have many. Yeah. Baharal. So is Baharal the one with the peasant parents? Yeah. Like, he does have money. Like, it, we, it, we're not sure where the money comes from, but he's got it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he doesn't want to be a lawyer. Oh, he must have no. had a more defining character. Is he the fighty one? Yeah. <laughs> with, a bad, with a bad reputation? Yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. That's his thing. Yeah. Um, He's like the muscle boy, you know? Muscle boy, with yeah. good hugs. Yeah. Yes. Uh, okay. Actually, uh, Fui is the one who's got oh, bear okay. hugs. Then after Bahorel, then it didn't go from B to B, did it? It did. B it to did B. B to B. B oh, okay, B. yeah, because between them was the like, here is how the name that I can't really say became the set. Yeah, yeah. Um, who he doesn't have money he doesn't have a home he sleeps at jolie's house a lot <laughs> yeah um oh no what's his defining thing <gasps> he doesn't really have something that he cares about but he has something that happens to him quite a lot 
oh, okay, he has no good luck. Yes. So he's very good humoured. Yes. He's all like very just like, haha, you know, when things are going wrong, it's fine, guys, because I'm so used to things going wrong that I have to be very good at improvising. Yeah. And he has resources, that's what he's got. Yes. Um, and yeah, he is question mark Jolie's boyfriend. Yes. Jolie is a hypochondriac, Voltaire. Yeah. <laughs> to <laughs> to know Jolie, see Voltaire. Um <laughs> He's got a cane that he taps his nose with. Yeah. What's the thing that he really cares about in the revolution? Do we just have to assume these boys all care? Yeah. Like, they're part of the cause, so they yeah. have to care, right? Like, Hugo does start very strongly with, like, here's what he cares about the most. Here's what he cares about the most. This boy is very unlucky. <laughs> mm, mm. And then after Jolie, we get Grantaire. Yes. Who cares only about Angelus. Yes, the yes, end. yes, yes, the <laughs> end. Yeah, wow, you did so well. I initially was going to be like, oh, I'll give you some, like, you know, trivia and then, or, or I'll give them the names and you have to give them trivia. But you remembered all of their names and you remembered the, like, nicknames and more traits. Like, you were like, oh, yeah, and Fui earns three francs a day at the factory. And I was like, what? He does. <laughs> well, I have also only literally just... <laughs> read those things to you but also you do know how bad my short-term memory is yeah the real test is going to be next week <laughs> but i won't, <laughs> okay, I won't so do all start. of i won't do all yeah. of their traits maybe just one trait yeah. each uh this is oh, how yeah. you train me to remember these boys <laughs> <laughs> um yeah and now we'll like feed drip you images so that you have an image to attach to their faces as well mm. but yeah that was <laughs> we've we didn't like purposely, but I guess actually everyone's good luck in Voltaire. Um, those episodes <laughs> disappearing, they just have to hear us talk about it forever. Um, is that we're not yeah. putting off you getting to listen to us get to the boys. You're just getting the yeah. boys. But we yeah, put it off true. for ourselves. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We um, cucked ourselves. So. Yeah, but I am actually very excited to be here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, same. More than I um, thought that I would. I feel like, you know... Um, I've gone through my Ami days. I, I'm not as fond of them as I am of the old men, clearly. Mm. <laughs> um, but I do. So my ship in these boys is uh, Bowel and Fui <laughs> because they're the big older boys <laughs> who are not the like young. They're like not characterized as being the like young stupid ones. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like exciting to get to them because, like, even though I've not re- like I've read, I've read a couple fics, I've seen I've seen them on my dash. Mm. I knew that. I, so it's not so much being like, oh, my old friends, I've gotten to you. It's like <laughs> I knew they were coming. So it's like new friends. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like I was kind of like, okay, we're getting to the bit that I know everyone loves. But then, like, just yeah, my, I was so thrilled. <laughs> I, the more I was reading, the more I was just like, oh my god, Hugo, you love these boys. <laughs> it is like going through, you know, we, we keep saying that like any time that we get to a bit where like the story happens for like ecstatic and I think there's <laughs> a bit of that happening as well. That's probably that. Also off the back of, we cannot like say it enough, five hours of Voltaire. <laughs> yeah, oh my We're god, like, yeah. oh my god, look at these boys go. <laughs> oh my god i can't believe i'm full of such voltaire knowledge now and I know. it's come to you so like i don't even care that those five hours are unlistenable like the fact that i like recognize that partition of poland 
was Frederick and Catherine and the other person. I think she was from Belgium. So... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah like I, we are now so full of rich knowledge <laughs> sorry everyone else do you live long <laughs> you 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 uh die a hero or you live long <laughs> enough to become victor hugo <laughs> yeah yeah we're just gonna be referencing voltaire both lovingly and disdainfully <laughs> yeah yeah and we won't give any like actual helpful knowledge throughout it <laughs> So okay. you just have to suffer. Um, and on that note, yeah, it's been one <laughs> chapter of. <laughs> it was so long. It was a long one. It was. It was, and rich, full of meat, and uh, well, boy meat. <laughs> boy meat. The bone broth of boy meat. Yeah. Thank you for listening. <laughs> this is Brandon Barricades, Lemus Podcast, producer me, Nima Martin, and Julia Niap. If you like this episode and you want to comment, quibble, or question us, uh, or <laughs> correct any of the pronunciation, we did do that like first episode of the season two, which is about pronunciation, and you know we we acknowledge it, and also we can't do it, so this is you just have to suffer through uh, this. Um, both of us getting it wrong, but in different directions. <laughs> um, uh, you can send us an email. Lamers Podcast, L E S M I S Podcast at gmail.com or on Twitter at Lamers Podcast or on Tumblr at Bretton Barricades. Our audio producer is Jade, who you can find on her website, jadewasavi.com or on her bandcamp, jadewasavi.bandcamp.com. Uh, if you like this episode, maybe it's the first time that you're listening. Maybe you held out for this long and uh, you're just listening for the voice. Um, you can give us a review on iTunes. Uh, and if you do, do that. Send us a screenshot in an email because I don't get a message when people review and I want to know. <laughs> and we have a coffee and a Patreon if you like us talking about boys and facts about Voltaire, then you can give us money for doing that. Um, and I think that's everything. So thank you for indulging us. <laughs> yes, thank you. Last connection. Internet. Oh, it is me. <clears throat> oh, no. <laughs>